is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Later in this hour, I will be breaking out my Cory Booker Spartacus impression. But first, let me do my Bob Muller impression. Who am I? Why am I here? I can't answer that. I don't know. Can you repeat the question for the 400th time? I can't answer that. Don't know. Again, who am I? Why am I here? One thing I can guarantee you, you will not in any way, shape, or form hear that from your five-star global general alpha male-in-chief today. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly why I'm here. There will be no ambiguity whatsoever today as we espouse the alpha male pleasure lifestyle and take on the enemies of pleasure. And there are tons of them, as we will hear. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. You're a global five-star front and center, command center alpha, and I am in my very luxurious new cushy chair. That is just beautiful, a very, uh, just a a comfortable orthopedic chair, just adjusts to the contour of my back. This is like being in a first-class airline. It's better. It's better, but fantastic. My last chair was nice and cushy, but this new one, fantastic. And of course, it is embossed, or it is embroidered with the five stars on the very top. So my new chair gives me extra energy because I'm going to need a ton today. We've got an action-packed program for you. Second hour, Cigar Masters Series. We'll be joined by Eduardo Fernandez and Terry Riley of Aganorsa Leaf. The Officers Club selection for July of 2019, this very month, the Aganorsa Leaf Sampler that features one Aganorsa Leaf Habano beautiful stick and two JFR Lunatic Habanos, including... The Lunatic Jackhammer that I will enjoy today for the National Cigar Litation Ceremony. A whopping 8-inch by 60 ring gauge cigar. 8 inches in length, a 60 ring gauge. Massive. I'm holding this beast in my hand right now. I cannot wait to get to it. And I'm going to pair it up with a very unique whiskey from India. So we will get to that. Last week, we spent the second hour celebrating, commemorating... The Apollo 11 mission, man on the moon, as Walter Cronkite said. Oh, boy, Wally, I can't believe it. I was actually re-watching this weekend much of CBS's coverage, and I looked at Walter Cronkite, and I said, geez, I wonder how old Walter Cronkite was in 1969. I said, probably was in his mid-60s. Sergeant Steve, would you like to take a guess 
Because I know you've seen the video. How old do you think Walter Cronkite was in 1969? I would agree. Don't look it up. I would agree with you. Probably mid 65. 52. Everybody back then looked much older. 52. I was absolutely shocked. Especially the way he talked and looked. Walter Cronkite with the dark glasses, the way he took them off. Oh, boy, Wally. I can't believe it. Bad of the boot. But Walter Cronkite, everybody looked older back then. I don't know what it is. Today, we look much younger. We're more fit. We're more active. That is a good thing. Well, I came across a very cool picture, thanks to one of our alphas and lieutenants that sent it to me. It was on the Life Twitter feed, at Life Life Magazine, which was very big back in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And they had a great picture. It was actually reposted uh, by uh, another Twitter feed, but I went to the original Twitter feed at Life and saw it. March of 1969, a picture of Neil Armstrong in a red cap. Could be a MAGA cap. With his aviator Ray-Ban sunglasses on. Lighting a cigar the old-fashioned way with a book of matches, paper matches. And he looked the part. He looked like the Alpha. He looked like the astronaut. He looked like the cool gods that those astronauts were back then. I don't care what they did. They could basically eat ribs, and they just looked cool doing it. But the way he looks, lighting this cigar, covering the matchbook in his left hand, lighting it with his right hand, using both hands to cover uh, the match from any wind deflection, lighting that cigar. I did not know that Neil Armstrong smoked cigars. Even more reason to love the astronauts. And speaking of the astronauts, the NASA mission, NASA's original moon landing tapes, which which are on two-inch quadruplex videotape. I remember when I first got into broadcasting, probably around 1980. I was a high school student, an intern at WKBW-TV. In Buffalo, Irv Weinstein, Rick Azar, Tom Joles, the anchor team, Don Postles as well. Although Irv was the guy. Don, eh, not so much. Irv was the guy. Long story short, two-inch quad tape, videotape, that's what they used back then. How much do you think that videotape sold for? Two hours and 24 minutes capturing the moment, including Neil Armstrong's that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, and the planting of the American flag on the lunar surface. First-generation recordings of the historic moonwalk, far sharper, more distinct than the other broadcast tapes that are still around. Because back then, when they would every time they dub a tape, you lose a generation. It's not like digital. Very, very different. These were the original. They were last sold at a government surplus auction. In 1976, they were auctioned by Sotheby's, and they have sold for $1,820,000, almost $2 million, for three quadruplex Ampex videotape containing two hours and 24 minutes of the Apollo 11 moon mission being on the lunar surface. They went for more than 8,000 times the price they were sold for back in 1976. Would love to know who ended up buying those. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. The enemies of pleasure are coming after us one more time. I have told you many times 
even if, and we know we have many listeners and alphas that listen to us and many dames that listen to us that do not smoke cigars, or they may enjoy one portion of the program. They may enjoy spirits or the grilling portion of the program or my take on politics, whatever the case may be. We know that not everyone enjoys cigars. But I have always stated that when the enemies of pleasure started with cigars, even if you do not smoke cigars, you are not a cigar connoisseur, be very, very wary. Because the enemies of pleasure, when they are done with cigars, they will come after products you enjoy, you use, you consume. They came after cigars. And I said they would come after spirits. And they have, and they will. They want to lower the... Uh, the blood alcohol level at which you can be arrested. They want to take it from 0.08 to 0.04, 0.03. Half a drink, boom, all of a sudden, you're driving while impaired. I said they would come after your soda. They have. How? Excessive taxation, excessive regulation. They came after plastic bags. They're coming after straws, and I've got a story in a few moments that I will share with you about the dangers of eliminating plastic straws. I said they would come after your meat. All the the vegans and the whack job pita nutcases, they all want to make America vegan. They want MAVA, make America vegan again. Well, it's never vegan, just MAV, make America vegan. Not going to happen. We're going to keep America as carnivores. And I said they'd come after the coffee that you consume, the caffeine, the coffee. And now we go to the People's Republic of California, Berkeley, California. Ultra-liberal wackadoodles, absolute ultra-leftist radicals. And what has the Berkeley City Council voted unanimously to ban in new buildings? Gas. Any form of natural gas. You want to build a new house and put in a natural gas grill? You want a gas cooktop? You want a gas oven? You want a gas uh, water heater? Sorry, it has now been deemed illegal in Berkeley People's Republic of California. Why? Because Berkeley wants to become greener. They want to do their part to fight their nonsensical climate change. They say natural gas appliances account for 27% of the city's greenhouse gas emissions. Well, wait a minute. Natural gas is amongst the cleanest burning fossil fuels there are. In fact, many power plants that are coal-fired are being converted to natural gas. Why? Far cleaner, far more efficient than coal. The reality is we need power. Do you think that all of a sudden... By Berkeley saying, okay, we're going to eliminate gas, so everybody's going to need more power. How do you think that electricity is going to be generated? It's not going to be generated in California by hydro. Well, maybe some of it comes from the Hoover Dam. But it's going to be either through nuclear, and we're not building any nuclear plants anymore, coal, or natural gas. And I love when everybody says, we need to get rid of all these carbon-burning cars off the road. We need to go to electric. Okay, you still have to power up. You have to recharge those electric vehicles. How are you going to do it? You use electricity. 
And what does electricity need to be generated? Natural gas or coal. Hello, ding-dongs. And by the way, when I had to evacuate two years ago, or many people had to evacuate two years ago uh, during Hurricane Irma in the Sunshine State, good luck leaving with your Tesla. Because you had all these people on the road. You think you're going to wait for an electric charging station? I don't know how long it takes to charge, five, six hours? That's not going to work. I will never buy an electrically powered vehicle. Not going to happen. And I believe before my lifetime is out, we'll see more natural gas-fueled vehicles, and we will also see hydrogen-fueled vehicles. But this nonsense that we're going to eliminate natural gas in Berkeley, California, and it's going to help us with greenhouse gas emissions, fantasy land. One of the councilwomen said, we often talk about climate change as this scary, terrible thing, which is all contrived. It's all a hoax. And it is, but at the end of the day, when we tackle this challenge, we're going to have cleaner, healthier, more efficient, safer, cheaper homes and places of business. Really? You're going to have to build more power plants, sweetheart. A Sierra Club spokesperson said, and there's one word I want you, we always hear about social justice. There's another phrase that I want you to take very close and pay very close attention to. We heard of social justice from all these absolute leftist radicals. We're going to hear environmental justice. We need to have environmental justice. Now, the Earth has been on the, by all accounts, billions of years. Climatological data has been kept, I believe, 140 years. That is like looking at the history of the stock market from, let's just say, 1910 on and saying, great, over the next two seconds, we are going to look at what the stock market does. If the, if the average index goes down in the next two seconds, let's say it goes up, then we know absolutely the market is definitely going up. That's ridiculous. It's a small blip in history. But don't tell that to the environmental justice wackos. Here's what a spokesman for the Sierra Club said. This is one of those moments where we're going to show our leadership, inspire other cities and Californian states across the country, that we could phase out gas and do so economically with attention to environmental justice and in a way that's going to support our communities to be safer and healthier. There it is, environmental justice. So what exactly did Berkeley vote to ban? No new natural gas hookups in any new homes. Or businesses, including restaurants. Now, almost every restaurant, I think 100% of restaurants, they use gas-powered ranges or cooktops and ovens. You think a chef is going to want to go to electric? No chance. Do you think I want to put a George Foreman electric grill in my outdoor kitchen compared to a nice, big, 100,000 BTU gas-fired grill? I want the gas-fired grill. I'm sorry, a George Foreman grill is not going to cut it. In fact, I just, last week, I've had my Viking grill, my 42-inch grill, for the last 15 and a half years, and it has taken a lot of use. I go to fire it up about 10 days ago in one of the middle burners, and I hear this hissing sound. I said, that is not good. So immediately, turn it off, don't use it, call the appliance repair company. They come out and say, 
Here's what you need. Got to replace the burners. There are two U-shaped burners and two individual burners. Total of four burners in your gas grill. Great. Get those ordered up. They replaced them last weekend. I fire up the grill, and I made incredible bone-in ribeyes. And I will send share pictures of it. And actually, I use the grill grates, and Colonel Ange taught me this. Use indirect heat initially to cook the steaks. So on the where the steaks were, they were on the grill grates on the right side up, but I had the gas off over that particular area. Used indirect heat, covered it about four minutes each side when it got within 10 degrees of medium rare. Then what I did was I put them over, put the steaks over, on reverse grill grates for a reverse sear. So I cooked the steak first. Then I did my Pittsburgh char for about a minute and a half each side. Magnificent. Those new burners are firing on all cylinders. Massive amounts of BTU cook power. I won't be able to do that if I ever move to Berkeley, California. Now, that would never happen. No chance. Actually, two chances of that happening, me moving to Berkeley or California. Slim and none, and Slim already left town. Never going to happen. So now all of a sudden, new restaurants, new homes, can't put gas in. You can't put a gas line in for your grill, for your cooktop, for your ovens, for anything. Now, one of the councilwomen said that she's going to show that Berkeley can maintain their rich culinary culture through the use of electric induction cooktops and ranges instead of cooking with gas. So how did she demonstrate this? She had her staffers melt a chocolate bar in a pot over a hot plate during the meeting. Are you kidding me? Do you think a chef is going to say, great, give me one of those little ceramic ranges so I can cook and, and, and do all sorts of, uh, uh, of other culinary masterpieces in a, in a pan using an electric induction range? It's not going to happen. Not happening. And here's the kicker. The city council voted to earmark $273,341 in the upcoming November budget process to hire a staffer for a two-year position to implement the ordinance. So let me get this straight. They're going to pay some bureaucrat $137K a year to make sure that nobody is putting gas in their new homes or their new restaurants or their new buildings. It is ridiculous. But what's even more ridiculous in Berkeley, California, they want to be politically correct. The term manhole is now being purged from the Berkeley City Code to remove the gendered language. Again, the ultra-lib wackadoodles in Berkeley approved an ordinance to rename the manholes maintenance holes. You know what they are? A-holes is what they are. Total A-holes. That's what the city council of Berkeley is and all the other wackadoodle, nutjob, ultra-leftists that live out there. All pronouns will be changed throughout the city to they. No more firemen, firewomen, craftsmen. They'll be nicks for general gender-neutral alternatives. This political correctness, this gender nonsense, is a load of nut, just absolute BS. You know, when I hear people say, now I ask that when you introduce yourself, please introduce yourself with your name, where you're from, 
and your preferred pronouns. Here are the preferred pronouns. You know, they have like he, she, she, z, whatever. They're all nutcase. It's either he, she, or freak. Period. This nonsense where I want to be known as a multi-gender, transgender, quadrigender, you're either a he, a she, or a damn freak. Period. And I am sick and tired of all these political correct morons saying, well, there are 25 or 50 different uh, uh, permitted genders. No, there's two, he and she. And if you really want to go extreme, freak. How's that? Anything besides a he and she, you're a freak. End of discussion. And if you don't like it, please email me, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. I'll be happy to debate you on that anytime or place. People are fed up with this political correctness nonsense. You know what else I'm fed up with? I don't have a problem with lesbians, gays, queers, quadrisexuals. I don't care what they do, and I've said this. If that's what makes you happy, that's your preferred sexual uh, bent, fine. No problem. What I have a problem with, and most heterosexuals have a problem with, is that the LGBT community has to rub it in everybody's faces incessantly 24-7, 365. I don't walk around to people and say, hi, I'm the general. I am 100% USDA heterosexual. That's not what I do. If you are homosexual, you are transgender, whatever you want to do, my answer to you is fine. Mazel tov, enjoy yourself. I'm happy for you. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. But please, if you want to have a parade, don't wear the banana slings. Don't rub it in our faces. We're not interested. We're just sick of everybody rubbing it in our faces. Enjoy yourself. Live your life. But please, do so privately. I am sick and tired when a new mayor of Tampa, oh, she's a lesbian. Who cares? I don't care. That's why nobody nobody voted for someone because they're a lesbian or they're a heterosexual. It's based on qualifications. I did not vote against the current mayor of Tampa because she's a lesbian. I did so because I didn't think she was qualified and would be incompetent. And so far, I'm right. We'll continue around the corner. I'm just getting warmed up. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, 
quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your General Cigar Dave. Now I must advance the gas grill lifestyle, which has been banned in Berkeley People's Republic of California by the Gas Gestapo. It's unbelievable. Cigars, spirits, soda, plastic bags, meat, coffee, now gas. And let's not forget straws. President Trump earlier this week, as he was leaving for West, by God, Virginia, as our good buddy Jack Harris would say, talked to the media, and there was a question out of left field that I have no clue where it came from. But here's President Trump, and here's the question from one of the members of the fake news media. I do think we have bigger problems than plastic straws. You know, it's interesting about plastic straws. So you have a little straw. But what about the plates, the wrappers, and everything else that are much bigger, and they're made of the same material? So uh, the straws are interesting. Everybody focuses on the straws. There's a lot of other things to focus. But it's an an interesting question. Really? You think we've got bigger problems than straws? President Trump is 100% correct. Leave it to the enemies of straws, the enemies of plastic, to come after straws. And President Trump actually asked about, what do we think about straws? He's the president of the United States. Who gives a damn? He's right. Much more pressing issues. But remember, these environmentalist whack jobs and these small minority of people that dictate that we can't use plastic bags, we can't use straws, we have to go with these paper straws that after 30 seconds basically just crater and and become mush. And now we're seeing it with gas, the gas Gestapo in Berkeley, California. They came after our sodas. Who are these people? They're a small minority of people that make a lot of noise that use BS scientific studies, fake uh, 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 science, junk science, but yet everybody goes lockstep like a bunch of dumb lemmings. Everyone's like nodding their head. Okay, yeah, we got to change those. I just was at a restaurant earlier uh, this week, and they'd always have these nice regular plastic straws. They come with these green straws, and after about, again, a minute or two minutes, they just become mush. I'm like, do me a favor. Yeah, plastic straws. Actually, they said, we do. you got to request it. Great, I'm requesting it. It's ridiculous. Now, it's amazing because Brad Parscale, Donald Trump's 2020 campaign manager, posted on Twitter, I'm so over paper straws, hashtag liberal progress. This is exactly what they would do to the economy as well. Squeeze it until it doesn't work. And then he made a big announcement. Making straws great again, they added straws and a link to the Trump online stores, the Trump-branded MAGA straws. Recyclable straws, but 
plastic straws available for $15 for a 10-pack. They sold out. They restocked. They filled another 140,000 straw orders. Think about that. Over 1.4 million straws, $200,000 in revenue to the Trump campaign. And he said, liberal paper straws don't work. Stand with President Trump and buy your pack of recyclable straws today. And I'm going to tell you why we should be using plastic straws, that why metal straws, which is one of the alternatives that the enemies of plastic and enemies of straws have suggested, this comes to us from... Broadstone, England. By the way, a congratulations, mazel tov to Boris Johnson. Finally, an alpha prime minister compared to that Theresa May. What an absolute wussified beta she was with no rhythm. Oy, what a disaster. But metal straws, absolute dangerous. They kill. Everybody's saying use reusable straws, paper straws, plastic straws. Use metal straws. Well, the November 2018 death of Elena Struthers Gardner has just been ruled accidental after a long investigation. The 60-year-old woman collapsed in her kitchen while she was carrying a jar-style glass with a screw-top lid that held a metal straw in place. What happens? She falls. She was prone to falling following a horse-riding accident, which she sustained at 21. She falls... The metal straw, and this is really gruesome, basically the straw pierced her eye right through her brain, traumatic brain injury, cause of death, traumatic brain injury. Coroner who investigated said uh, the gruesome end is a warning to others, do not use metal straws and drink lids that keep them fixed in place. How about don't use metal straws, period? How about let's go back to plastic straws? Because this whole plastic straw fiasco eliminating plastic straws, came from one kid that uh, tweeted out or did some report that said millions and millions of ocean animals and marine life dying every year by all the straws that are being thrown into the ocean. It was fabricated, junk science. There was no fact whatsoever. But yet, all the media runs with it and says, yes, this is what we need to do. Absolutely. So we see this stop straw movement. The woman was rushed to a hospital in Southampton, south of England, but she died because of the traumatic brain injury the next day. Metal straws are dangerous. Paper straws don't work. I want my plastic straw. End of discussion. Now, Spartacus. Cory Booker in the news this week. We love picking on Cory Booker. Love, love, love it. His Spartacus moment. This is my Spartacus moment. Well, he was on... The Late Show with Seth Meyers. And I do not watch any of those Late Shows anymore. I used to love watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I used to love even uh, uh, Letterman, but Carson was the king. He was the master. But today, all these late night shows, they're not funny. It's all politics. I don't want to watch politics. Even if they were all conservative slanted, I wouldn't want to watch it at night. I want to be entertained. I want to laugh. And the one thing, the brilliance of Johnny Carson, nobody knew whether he was a Democrat, Republican, independent, conservative, liberal, moderate. Nobody knew because his jokes were funny. They weren't just incessant all the time going after the president or one political party. They were funny. Little note to the late night comedians. There's something called humor, entertainment. Try it for a change. But Cory Booker, 
taxocrat New Jersey presidential candidate, I'm using that in air quotes, Democratic presidential candidate, appeared on The Late Show with Seth Meyers. Take a listen to what he had to say about President Trump. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you, and, you, and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out-of-shape man that he is yeah. if I did that. Uh, um, uh, this physically, physically weak specimen. A physically weak specimen, but, but, but you see what I'm talking there? Okay, first of all, Spartacus does not have any testosterone running through his veins. That dog left a long time ago. That train left the station. We all know he's got loads of estrogen running through those veins. So please, let's not pretend Cory Booker is loaded with testosterone. We all know that. Hashtag come out. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I have no problem with anybody's lifestyle. But please, let's not pretend like he was on the Ellen show saying, yes, I have a girlfriend. No, you don't, Cory. You got a girlfriend like I got a boyfriend, and there's no chance in hell that's happening because I am 100% USDA hetero. And if you are 100% USDA uh, uh, homosexual, I have no problem with that. I could care less. Don't bother me in my bedroom with my harem. I won't bother you. Live your life. I could care less. Again, I don't vote for somebody because of their sexual persuasion. Could care less. To me, it's all about competence. Do they, are are their views in alignment with mine? Very, very simple. So let me do my, before I go any further, let me do my Cory Booker impression here. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you. And me as Spartacus, my testosterone, I don't have any, but I tell everyone that, sometimes makes me feel like wanting to punch him. I would punch him right in the face, then in the stomach, because he's out of shape. He's a weak specimen. Look at me. I am Spartacus. Woo! You see what I'm talking about there? What happened to the Democrats saying, wait a minute, we shouldn't, we shouldn't make fun of anybody because of their appearance. We shouldn't, we shouldn't deride anybody. They're all the first to say that. Except if the person they're picking on and shaming is a Republican or conservative. Now, listening to, let's play that one more time, Sergeant Steve. Can we please? Let, let, let me hear Cory Booker in his own words on The Late Show with Seth Meyers. Donald Trump is a guy who... You understand he hurts you, and you and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out of shape man that he is. If yeah. I did that, uh, um, uh, this physically awesome. physically weak specimen, awesome. a physically weak specimen. But, but but you see what I'm talking there. I believe it is time for an encore presentation for the master thespian to come on stage. And now, we bring you another wussified beta teaching moment from the world's greatest alpha, Master Thespian, Sir Davidus Generalis. Oh yes, as I take the stage, it is my pleasure once again to discuss Cory Booker, testosterone-laden senator and presidential candidate who stated, Donald Trump is a guy who you understand, he hurts you, and my raging testosterone, it's so raging, flowing through and boiling through my veins, sometimes makes me want to feel, wait for it, like punching him. I'm going to take my fist and clench them together, and I will punch the president. 
Ooh, I feel the strength in my hands. It would be bad for the president. He's elderly. He's out of shape. He is not like me, Corey Spartacus Booker. I am an Adonis. Look at me. I am a Greek god. That's why I should be president as I stand to take the oath of office. I will pose to my right. I will pose to my left. And then I will start doing some body poses, and you can see the raging amounts of testosterone flowing through my muscles. President Trump is weak. You see what I'm talking about, but look at me. I, Cory Booker, as portrayed by the master thespian, am a picture of brute strength. Thank you. That is all for the master thespian today, and I appreciate the great Cory Booker providing me with ample amounts of thespianic material. The July selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is an Aganorsa leaf sampler, including JFR Lunatic Habano. These gigantic sticks scream alpha with ring gauges as big as 80. The JFR Lunatic Habano is a medium-bodied smoke made with Aganorsa tobacco. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. You couldn't attend the 2019 Premium Cigar Association Convention and Trade Show in Las Vegas where the manufacturers all release new cigars. But the good news is you can catch all the new product launches and get the inside look at every manufacturer's booth as I exclusively walk the entire show floor. We visited the Davidoff booth, Drew Estate, Alec Bradley, Gurkha Cigars, CAO, Padron, Casada. We talked to several cigar retailers, and I did a huge 45-minute walkthrough from the beginning of the show to the end of the show to give you an inside look where we see all the cigar insiders. So go to CigarDave.com and catch my exclusive 2019 Premium Cigar Association convention coverage. You can catch it on the Cigar Dave mobile app, CigarDave.com. Just make sure you catch it. Everything you need to know about the world of cigars, you'll find on my exclusive 2019 PCA coverage.
with an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Next hour for our Cigar Masters series, we'll be joined by Eduardo Fernandez and Terry Riley of Aganor Salif. The July 2019 Officers Club selection is the Aganor Salif Sampler. And it comes with one Aganor Salif Habano, beautiful mouth-watering Nicaraguan puro loaded with full-bodied flavor, and two JFR Lunatic Habanos. Why do they name that cigar Lunatic? Because when you see the size of these cigars, you'll say, I've got to be a lunatic to smoke something this big. There are two cigars that we included in the July 2019 Officers Club in the JFR Lunatic Habano line. First, the Lunatic El Chiquito, short and portly cigar, four and three quarters inches in length with a 70 ring gauge. It is a short, massive beast, loaded with flavor, screams alpha all the way. Beautiful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler grown by Aganorsa. A lot of flavor. It is a medium, medium plus. And I've pulled out the Lunatic Jackhammer, also included in the Officers Club for July 2019. A whopping eight inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, 56 Ring gauge is one inch, so it is just over an inch in diameter. I'm holding this cigar. It's got a nice, dark, almost uh, pewter ribbon on the bottom. I will pull that off. Very nice. Smells incredible. Looks absolutely magnificent. Now, there's a bigger cigar than this. It comes in a Gigante, the 8x80. Huge, 8 inches in length, 80 ring gauge. Almost an inch and a half in diameter. Absolutely magnificent. These things sell out because they are incredibly, incredibly popular. I believe for this uh, particular cigar that I'm smoking right now, this 8x60, you're looking in the $8.5 category. Very nice price. Gigantic cigar. The JFR Lunatic. JFR stands for just for retailers, only brick and mortar. JFR Lunatic Habano. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine at my ready. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. One of the very cool litation devices that was launched. There were two that I really thought were revolutionary, both from Bugatti. One, the Bugatti Mirage Dual Torch and the Bugatti Vulcan Dual Torch, which I have in my hand. The Bugatti Vulcan Dual Torch in a nice blue and silver. But here's what's very unique about these lighters. I've known Egal, the owner of Bugatti, for a long time. Comes up with great design ideas. He pulls me aside. He says, General, come here. i got to show this to you. You will go absolutely crazy. State-of-the-art new technology lighter. He said, what's the biggest complaint people have with their butane-type lighters. I said, well, actually, there's more than one. The first thing is that when you refill the tank, it can be susceptible to vapor lock. It has to be drained. He said, exactly. What's the second? And I said, well, a lot of times you get ash or you get debris in the burner chamber, and it's very delicate. You've got to take an air can, you got to clean that, or sometimes it has to be replaced. He said, exactly. We've come up with a solution to both problems. So the first thing is they now have a replaceable. The Bugatti Vulcan and the Mirage 
come with a replaceable twin flame head. So I can unscrew this thing right now, and there's a second one in the box. So all you do is screw it on, and boom. You don't have to worry about sending it back. You don't have to take it to your retailer. They thought of this. Now, what's the second thing? I hate that vapor lock. You fill that lighter, and it takes forever. No more. You know when you go to fill the lighter, it comes in different size butane uh, canisters. They've created a mini canister. You don't replace the butane. You don't uh, fill the butane tank. Basically, you put a new tank in the lightation device. And we are tweeting out pictures. We're putting it at CigarDave.com. You just push this small little butane canister. It contains 0.61 fluid ounces, just over a half fluid ounce. And they say it can light about uh, 50 to 100 cigars. You just push it in, and then you take the little screw, and you twist, boom, done. You're done. And these small little half ounce uh, uh, fluid ounces of butane, it comes in packs of, I think, 24. Great. And now I've got this incredible lightation device. I don't have to worry about bleeding the tank. I don't have to worry about vapor lock. I don't have to worry about if I do get some debris in the burner chamber where the little jet fuel uh, heads are. No problem. You just change it. So these are good size lighters. Both of them suggested retail $99.99, less than 100 bucks. Phenomenal. I said, Egal, give me one in the blue. I'm going to talk about this because this is a fantastic design idea, and I will use the Bugatti Vulcan dual torch lighter today on my JFR Lunatic Jackhammer. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Man, perfect cut. I'm going to toast the foot of this cigar. And again, you can also adjust. Uh, it's got a nice uh, way to adjust the flame right on here. So there we go. You can hear that as I toast the foot of this JFR Lunatic Jackhammer. Now, it's going to take a while. So as we do that, Sergeant Steve, why don't you go ahead and fire up the liner for my libation? It's going to take just a few seconds to toast this gigantic ring gauge size cigar. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. All right, I'm at the... Hang on as I and rotate here. Mm, fantastic. Okay, I'm at the Davidoff Store and Lounge. Tommy Diadio, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement for the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando and the Davidoff store in Tampa said, General, I'm doing a little tasting here of some Indian scotches. Pull up a chair, I'm gonna get you a glass. I said, okay, let me try it. It's called Amroot Indian Single Malt Whiskey. It is actually distilled in India. Amrut is the Sanskrit word, which can be translated as nectar of the gods, nectar of life, drink of the gods, elixir of life. Um, I was shocked. Incredible. It uses a combination. It's the fusion. Uses a combination of 75% uh, Indian barley, 25% scotch barley. As I pour this, I'm going to take a sip. Definite some notes of oakiness, some peat, little smokiness. I will say cheers. Mm. Lovely. Nice peat notes, nice warmth factor, fruity, sweet finish, touch of citrus, perfect combination with my JFR Lunatic Habano Jackhammer. All right, next hour, 
We'll be joined in our Cigar Masters Hour by Eduardo Fernandez, Terry Riley of Aganor Salif. Stand by. Much more Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers come your way next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General Cigar Dave. Those of you that are fortunate to be members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, you have received three fantastic cigars. Two of the JFR Lunatic Cabanos by Aganor Salif and the Aganor Salif Habano. And I can tell you that the Lunatic Jackhammer that I am smoking right now, eight inches in length, 60 ring gauge over an, e- uh, over an inch in diameter is an absolute powerhouse monster of a cigar. And we are fortunate in this hour for our Cigar Masters Hour. We'll be joined by two members of Aganor Salif, the founder, Eduardo Fernandez, who will join us in just a few moments from Nicaragua, and Terry Riley from their Miami headquarters, as this entire hour will give you the entire Backstory, everything you need to know about Aganor Salif in our Cigar Masters Hour. And as always, we welcome you back, the General Front and Center from Command Center Alpha, and joining us from Aganor Salif World Headquarters in Nicaragua, we have the great Eduardo Fernandez. Eduardo, great to have you on. We spent some time together at the Premium Cigar Association Convention and Trade Show in Vegas, just hard to believe, almost about a month ago, and really got a chance to talk to you in depth about your background. But why don't we start, Eduardo, where are you from originally, and how did you get into the world of cigars? Okay, good morning, David. Uh, My name is Eduardo Fernandez. I'm 69 years old. I was born in Havana, Cuba. In 1960, 10 years after my birth, uh, my parents sent me alone to the United States, and uh, we settled in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, That's where I basically grew up after my Cuba uh, youth, and uh, went to junior high and and primary school, and then from there I went to a private school in Connecticut and the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School in, in Philadelphia. So that's my educational background. Uh, I started in international banking. It was uh, natural for me, speaking both languages and being very much uh, interested in economics and international business. I made a career there for 18 years, but being a Cuban and coming from the family I came from, I had a real entrepreneurial spirit that was frustrated because of lack of capital and and knowledge of how to start uh, a new business. I was lucky in life that I was able to find a a venture that I started with my brother from scratch in Spain, and it was extremely successful from day one. Uh, From there, we went to the stock market, and uh, I basically sold my position, and uh, I settled in Europe and wanted to see what I could do for the rest of my life. I always wanted to be a farmer, but I lacked the capital and the land, and we lost it in Cuba. 
So I settled it between uh, Costa Rica and Nicaragua. There, uh, I found Nicaragua people much friendlier, nicer. Obviously, the land was cheaper. When you don't inherit that land, it's, it's expensive. And in Nicaragua, I started searching for agricultural projects, which was my life's interest, and one that I wished to pursue until I am not able to anymore. I'm a workaholic by nature, and I like to be busy, creative, and involved with people. Uh, in that sense, uh, in my investigation, I found that tobacco was one of the premier quality products of Nicaragua worldwide. Since I came from an international background, that really drew my attention, apart from my Cuban experience, that Havanos and, and, part, and great part of uh, tobacco is the best in Cuba worldwide. And that's how I began in the tobacco industry. I began in the land. I was a, a leaf man. I started from scratch. You basically crawl, then you walk, and then you run. I was in the crawling stage, and then an opportunity came about in Nicaragua with the crash of the uh, tobacco boom. Uh, these great lands became available, and uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that which I jumped on. Life sometimes presents opportunities, and you're lucky if you see them, and you either decide to go for it or not. I decided to go for it because it was a, a unique opportunity to acquire these lands that were owned by the cooperatives in the Jalapa, Esteli region, which were some, if not the best lands in Nicaragua. Part of them were owned by the Somoza family and so on. That's how I really jumped into the tobacco industry, growing a tobacco leaf in Jalapa, Condega, and Esteli. You know, Eduardo, I've got to say that you are probably the only Cuban that did not get the memo that everybody goes to Miami from Cuba. You ended up in Fort Lauderdale. Right. It's just by uh, happenstance. And it was a good experience because uh, sure. I was just far enough from Miami to grow up in an, a totally American experience. So Right, uh, right, right. That's why I, I, I think I have a, a very good accent. And uh, I'm immersed, I was immersed in American culture for many, many years. It's interesting because you were in the banking business, so you were a banker, and you know bankers you think of are pretty staid, buttoned-up kind of guys with the suit and tie. They sit behind their desk. They never take their sport coat off, and here you are in the fields, and I guarantee you're not wearing a tie. You're not wearing a sport coat. You're getting right in the, in the thick of the fields. Quite a different career path. I'm a Gemini. And Gemini's are split personalities, so I have two sides. <laughs> <laughs> One is the straight length outside, but my deep soul and heart uh, speaks of the land and the, uh, dealing with peasants and doing my own thing. So I'm perfectly uh, able to switch between the two worlds, and I have no problem in doing that, which has helped well, me in my career, funny enough. Abs sure, absolutely. Well, look, take this as a compliment. You have much too much personality to be a banker. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, <laughs> so why, Lardo, I it. That's why I left it. <laughs> that, there you go. So 1998, you go to Nicaragua with the dream. You end up uh, able to start buying farms. But you really didn't have any agronomical background, per se. No, I did not. But I find that uh, anything in life you can learn, and you can find people who will teach you and guide you along the way. There's no problem in that regard. I've always found that in life. So I have no fear of entering uh, new fields or doing things. Uh, there is a, a great deal of knowledge out there that uh, you can acquire. What I did, and uh, basically I was recommended to. I went to Cuba for the first time in my life. I had not been in Cuba for 40 years back then because I left in 1960 as a 10-year-old. 
And uh, I went to the tobacco fields of Vuelta Bajo, San Juan and San Luis. So I looked for elderly gentlemen that had been had grown under the tobacco leaf in a, in, in, in a small farmstead and had been independent uh, agricultural uh, leaf growers, uh, basically uh, uh, cover leaf growers. The reason being cover leaf is like the major leagues, it's like playing for the Yankees. Uh, it brings a special quality, determination, quality, perseverance that is extremely important in tobacco because tobacco is very detail-oriented. It, it requires a uh, total dedication and preoccupation with your crop. It's a love of the leaf and a high respect for it. And that's what I was seeking. I was afraid Cuba with the new, uh, how would I say, work culture, uh, working for the government and lack of in personal initiative, et cetera, which I had uh, come across in, while working in Spain. I was very much concerned of not having that type of profile. But luckily, because uh, tobacco requires so much from the human being involved and also uh, gives you, they, they grow up from the age of seven, eight, already hearing and speaking about tobacco in their family with the grandparents at home and the, and the father, etc. cetera. Uh, so I was very lucky uh, and to find people that uh, were totally dedicated to the leaf and were hard workers and uh, obviously uh, looking for success. Well, that reminds me of one of my mentor's great sayings to me. Smart men learn from their mistakes. Wise men learn from others. And you clearly learned from some very wise men down in Cuba. Right. Yes, very much so. And I still have them with me. I, at one time, I had like 15 of these uh, old So farmers. you brought them like over. To... You brought, you brought yeah. them from Cuba to Nicaragua. Yes, I brought them over. Uh, you know, they work for me as seven, eight, ten months out of the year, and then they go back to Cuba. They're still settled in, in their homestead, and uh, they come and work for a period, and then they go back after the crop or after a, a period of time back home and then come back again. Eduardo Fernandez, the founder and owner of Aganorsa Leaf in Nicaragua, incredible success story. Not uh, somebody that's been in the cigar business for really very long, 21 years, when you look at many of the families that have been in 50 years, 70 years, 100 years. Just an incredible entrepreneurial story. Eduardo, you go to Nicaragua, you start becoming uh, growing tobacco leaf. Tell us about who your first buyers were, who your first customers were, and what year was that? Okay, uh, a year after my crop, the my contacts and connections were basically in Europe because that's where I had come from, specifically Spain. Uh, getting into the tobacco business and the uh, it's a very personal uh, relationship oriented. And I didn't ha have any contracts. I just started growing tobacco because I was taught at a young age in Fort Lauderdale at the uh, Agricultural Extension Service. If you have success, people beat a path to your door. I didn't know really that in tobacco you need contracts. You need people uh, that tell you, I want to grow this leaf, for, uh, please grow it for me. I need so many pounds, etc. I did not go that route, which is the absolute normal route. I was different. I just started growing tobacco because I find if you have success, people beat a path to your door, like I mentioned. So that was my, uh, my path going forward. I just started growing tobacco in these beautiful lands that I was able to find. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the rest of the tobacco community was extremely concerned because um, it's a close-knit community and they're saying, where is all this tobacco going? You know, who's this guy planting for, etc. 
uh, unbeknownst to me. You know, I was just growing beautiful tobacco and expected people to come and, and knock on my door, which finally did. So I've always kept that experience and that spirit in mind. My doors are open. Anybody can come and buy our beautiful tobacco. And I don't have any contracts. I just deal by word and by shake of hands. And really, when you think about the cigar industry, everybody is very close-knit in Nicaragua. And I know that that whether it's the Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, it's a very unique bond. And I always say this, that everybody competes, yet if, God forbid, there was something that were to happen, everyone else would immediately pitch in and say, you know, what do you need? We're, we're here to, to help because it could happen to everybody. So it's a very unique I think um, club, if you will, just a, a unique uh, fellowship amongst all these cigar tobacco growers and 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 the cigar manufacturers. And I know the Olivas here in uh, Tampa of uh, Oliva Tobacco speak very highly of you and uh, kind of have watched you along the way. And many years ago, said, "Watch Eduardo because he's growing some phenomenal tobacco." Right. I, at a point in time in my early stage. Uh, they bought a lot of tobacco from me. And now, funny enough, I buy some tobacco from them, uh, the opposite direction, because they bring right. in uh, some leaves from Ecuador, Indonesia, Mexico, etc. So at this point in my in stage in my business, uh, I'm a, um, how would I say, I, I buy tobacco from them instead of they buying tobacco from me. <laughs> Right. Works, works, works both ways. I want to talk, exactly. Eduardo, about uh, a gentleman who we both knew very, very well, uh, Pedro Martin of Tropical Tobacco. I had the opportunity to get very close to Pedro early on when I started the show about 23, 24 years ago. Had a chance to go visit with him down in the Dominican Republic. At the time, he had built a factory, an incredible tobacco man, an incredible cigar, uh, just wealth of knowledge in the world of cigars, had some incredible brands, and you and he hooked up many years ago, and you ended up purchasing uh, the assets of Tropical Tobacco. Tell us how that came about. Okay. Uh, I met Pedro Martin at, at the IPCR back when, I don't know, year 99, from the early on, and I was highly recommended to him as uh, he had another side to his business which was, I guess, lesser known, which was he was a leaf purveyor as well, mm -hmm. a broker of leaf, uh, of high-quality leaf. And that's how I was introduced to him. Uh, at a point in time, he came down to Nicaragua, saw our operations, smoked our leaf, et cetera, and he just fell in love with our project because it was Cuban seed uh, grown by Cubans in, in the best lands of Nicaragua. And he was really taken in by it and was a uh, great assistance and friendship to me. At a point in time, out of the blue, he called me from Miami to Nicaragua and he said, Eduardo, uh, I have to retire and I wish you to buy my company. You're the man to take it forth. And I was, you know, kind of astounded and taken aback because I was just involved in the agricultural side. So I said, Pedro, I'm not, you know, uh, my, my interest is really on the leaf side. Uh, you know, for me, that's a different task because the Marketing, distribution, and the U.S. side is another whole side of the coin and requires also total dedication. Uh, but he kept insisting. So I was able to find uh, a, a cousin of mine who had uh, a lot of knowledge of tobacco named Paul Palmer. I call him Pablo, uh, first cousin of mine. And he, I was able to uh, get him to, to start, uh, you know, to, to handle that side of the business. And that's how that came about in 2002. So I was eight because not only a business, you you need a person to run a business. And I didn't have that person, nor could I dedicate my life to the uh, U.S. side. So that made it happen. 
And there, uh, uh, he retired, but he stayed on for three, four years, helping me on the side, and uh, was instrumental. Pedro Martin was a true gentleman, a real classic. Uh, and the mold is one of these fellows, a few you meet in life, whose mold is thrown away. It's a once-in-a-lifetime totally. opportunity. And, Absolutely. Uh, his knowledge, his know-how, yeah, his blending capacity, uh, capability were just astounding. So he helped us a lot in the early process and the first blends that we created. In fact, uh, the Dream Tobacco, going back many years, of El Centurion, uh, he helped a lot in that process of uh, uh, blending that first cigar. So I'm really, um, you know, very appreciative of everything that he did for me. And I feel beholden to his uh, legacy uh, with uh, tropical tobacco, and uh, gladly and, and thankfully, it's still standing and it's still successful and, and growing. Eduardo Fernandez of Aganorsa Leaf in Nicaragua joins us. Their brands: uh, Aganorsa Leaf, Casa Fernandez, Guardian the Farm, JFR, New Cuba. We'll be talking with Terry Riley uh, in just uh, a little bit for our Cigar Masters Hour. But Eduardo, some of the brands that Pedro. Uh, had uh, Don Juan, Lempira, Cacique, Fifth Centennial. You and I talked about that. We've got to bring some of those brands back because he really blended some exceptional cigars going back about 20 years that sadly are no longer available, but they were all exceptional cigars. Right. Rightly so. We have a a good stable of of those trademarks, and, and they're still alive. It's just a matter of time that we bring them back with some special unique product to, uh, to honor his legacy. Absolutely. Let's talk about what was the first brand uh, that you actually came out with from Aganorsa Leaf that was your tobacco, your cigar. What was the first brand? Okay, I believe it was uh, Condega. 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 Is, yes, I believe that was it. Uh, the, the very first one that we came because uh, we grow tobacco in that region, and it's a very—it's uh, one of the three best regions in Nicaragua by far. Not, no questions asked. And I like the name Condega meant a lot to me. It has a, a cigar ringing traditional name to it. Plus, it's the, it's the town and, and region that uh, some of the best Nicaraguan tobaccos grown in. And today you've got your factory in Nicaragua, but you also have a small factory in Miami as well. Yes, we have a small factory in, in Miami uh, with with Cuban rollers. Uh, we're all I've always been honed in. Uh, my mission is is to make uh, Habanos the old-fashioned way uh, with true aroma and flavor. Uh, I'm not one to experiment with different leaves from Brazil or uh, different uh, Africa or, or whatever. Uh, Panama, Colombia, or my uh, thing is total Nicaragua, total Aganorsa leaf. And uh, if the customer requires, which some do, Mexican cover leaf or Connecticut, uh, I provide it or I, I find it. But all our leaf, including our cover leaf, is grown by us uh, with Cuban seed, Corojo, and Criollo. Nowadays, a lot of people use hybrids and different offshoots of these seeds. I still find the original Cuban leaves uh, seeds are the very, very best and very, very traditional. Now we found, uh, my last visit to Cuba, there's a new uh, Corojo 2012. We've just grown some in Nicaragua to provide the seed. And it's very much in the range of our flavor. And uh, we hope to do great things with that leaf as well. But again, it's Cuban seed 
um, grown by the Cuban masters in Cuba. You were very proud of the fact that you finally released a Maduro cigar uh, in a number of different uh, brands. I think uh, one of them was the Guardian of the Farm, if I'm not mistaken, and I think you handed me or Terry handed me incredible Maduro, and you pulled me aside and said, Dave, this took me 20 years to get Maduro the way I wanted, to get it right. Tell us why it took so long and about that Maduro project. Yeah, I really call it, and I try to explain to people because uh, oftentimes people say it's six years, ten years aged tobacco. This is not aged in time. This is a personal quest of determination of many obstacles along the way to grow the right leaf and make a natural Maduro in Nicaragua, in the Jalapa Valley. It took us 20 years. The reason being that the land was not apt uh, to grow this type leaf and have it burn properly and and be uh, a cover leaf, it's shade grown. So it took us a long time to balance the, the soil, many years of adding uh, uh, cal dolomite and, uh, and different elements to provide the, the, the soil with what it needs so we can produce this type leaf in a dark shade and have it burn properly and taste beautifully. You know, when, when I smoked that cigar, the Maduro, to me, it was just very flavorful, a little bit of sweetness, but not a ton of sweetness, but very, very smooth. And uh, at the time, I think you told me you were buying primarily from what, Mexico, the San Andreas uh, Marone wrapper? Yes. Uh, we use a lot of the San Andreas from the Torrent family, which is great leaf for cover leaf. And we use it a lot. And America loves the Maduro. And mostly a lot of it is, is the Mexican Maduro. But like I said, I had this quest, and uh, we were not able to release it before, but this year uh, we were finally able to. And we came out with three different products, the Signature Maduro line, which is an extension of the Signature Maduro uh, Corojo line, the Guardian uh, Night Watchman, which is a Maduro series of the very successful Corojo uh, Guardian of the Farm. And then we came out with the Loco series, which is uh, a Perfecto, 60, 70, and God forbid, 80 ring gauge. Also, we'll, with conti- the same- we'll continue with Eduardo Fernandez right around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Aganorsa Leaf Sampler, including the Aganorsa Leaf Habano. This mouthwatering Nicaraguan puro is loaded with full-bodied flavor. The Aganorsa Leaf Habano has spice and pepper notes with creamy sweetness on the finish. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Latest news in the world of cigars from those who produce the sticks. It's the Cigar Masters Series, only on the Cigar Dave Show. 21 years ago, Eduardo Fernandez went from the banking industry to the tobacco leaf, cigar tobacco leaf. One objective he had, grow world-class cigar tobaccos. Mission accomplished today, Agonorsa Leaf. One of the most respected, not only cigar tobacco leaf growers, but cigar manufacturers in the world. And we were fortunate enough to feature three fantastic cigars in the Officers Club July 2019 selection. The Aganorsa Leaf Habano, a beautiful mouth-watering Nicaraguan puro, very full-flavored. The JFR Lunatic Habano, the Lunatic Jackhammer 8x60, which I am smoking today. And the Lunatic El Chiquito. This is a short and portly cigar, four and three quarters inches in length with a massive 70 ring gauge. So that is over an inch in diameter. The Lunatic Series Scream Alpha all the way. It is a powerhouse of a cigar. Eduardo, I've got to tell you, the El Chiquito, I smoked that a couple of days ago. Good thing I had a full steak meal dinner before I smoked it because that is a short, powerhouse of a cigar it's a beast <laughs> rightly so nicaragua is brings to tobacco a lot of character and strength especially esteli and also alapa in its own way so if you smoke a full uh, tobacco from nicaragua you you're more likely to have a strong character type cigar well the the jfr series was one of your first series and it Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that technically stand for just for retailers? Exactly. That was a concept by Paul Palmer um, to defend and protect the uh, the small shop owner, the brick and mortar. Reason being that sometimes uh, internet companies, etc., discount products and compete against the brick and mortar. Uh, uh, let's say a bit unfairly. So we created this cigar, and and it was uh, absolutely necessary that they sign up. Uh, with the, uh, I would say, compliance that it would not be sold through the Internet. So that's the reason. The, the initials sound very Texan or you know, from a rich family of sorts. It sounds very tobacco-oriented or cattle, right. whatever, JFR. 
But it really means just that you said, just for retailers. And that's how and it's it a, stuck. They are. Yeah, and it's a, they're really a great lineup of cigars. And the Lunatic series, which you brought out, just beasts of cigars. Fuller flavored, definitely larger ring gauge. Um, and that uses a, I believe, what, a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper? Or is that your own Habano grown in Nicaragua? No, it, uh, it, inc- it includes uh, the Habano from Ecuador. There's also a line of uh, the Corojo line from Jalapa. And then there's a Maduro line from uh, uh, the Turret family in Mexico. So it has the three options. The most popular is the Corojo and the Maduro from Mexico. Although lately we came out with the Habano, the ones that you just mentioned, the Short Robusto, et cetera, which got extremely high ratings and is an excellent cigar as well. Well, we've already received uh, uh, emails from many of our Officers Club members saying, General, I, I first of all, these sizes are humongous, but incredibly surprised at the flavor and just how, you know, how, how a lot of flavor, but not harsh in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, I'm smoking uh, a couple of days ago the El Chiquito, which is a 70 ring gauge size cigar. And today I've got the Jackhammer 8x60. That's not even the largest size cigar in the JFR Lunatic Cabano series. It's the Mambo, eight inches in length. With an 80 ring gauge, that thing is almost an inch and a half in diameter. That is a monster. And you wouldn't believe it, David. We always have it on the floor. Everybody keeps asking for it, and we keep making it. We can't uh, take it off the floor even for a small period of time. It's incredible, and it it was a total surprise to me. I thought maybe it would be sold in certain regions of the country, et cetera, but it sells everywhere, even in New York City somehow. Incredible. And you had to get special molds for these cigars because I don't know, there are not too many 80 ring gauge molds lying around. No, no, that's for sure. But we've been very successful in the lunatic line and it keeps growing. It, uh, it's a, it was a total surprise to us at the beginning and we just riding the big horse forward. No, no doubt about it. Eduardo, when you go to blend a cigar, tell us the process at Aganorsa. Is it a cooperative process with Paul Palmer and Terry Riley, yourself, your 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 tobacco people? Tell us what really the kind of cigars Aganorsa likes to blend and create. Okay, originally our, our master blender, which was an incredible individual as well, was Arsenio Ramos, who was with us for 20 years. He just recently passed away about a year and a half ago. And uh, he was also a true master and, and extremely knowledgeable in tobacco and in our leaf, being with us so many years in Nicaragua. Uh, since then, uh, my son, Max, who joined me about five years ago, has really taken the, the lead on that regard. And then Terry and Pablo, also from Miami, have to approve it. And it's a, it's a, it's a combined effort, but uh, to a large extent, it's done in Nicaragua. Uh, all our leaves are there, and that's you know how we we do blends uh, with uh, the three regions and the two seeds. It's incredible the amount of blends that we can do, and we have a whole books uh, full of them, and uh, and we keep making new ones. Uh, it's really amazing. I've got some ideas for you on the Don Juan and Fifth Centennial when I come down to Nicaragua to visit you. Okay, please do. We welcome. And that'll, the best part is testing all the blends and, and creating the cigars, smoking them, testing them uh, along the way. Eduardo, tell us what, uh, how many farms do you have now? And tell us about uh, your factory. How many employees you have, uh, the size, where it's located? I think we have about eight or nine farms. 
we're uh, acquiring now two more. Last year we acquired one more because we keep growing. Keep growing in the sense that we're making more cigars, but also uh, uh, famous cigar makers are asking for Aganorsali from Nicaragua from us. And it's hard to keep up you know, with the demand. So uh, we continue to grow in that regard. So it's been very successful. We have uh, at, at, at the uh, peak season of farming, which is six months out of the year during the dry season, we have about 2,000 employees. And uh, the rest of the year, we have about 1,000 between factory and the pre-industria, the fermentation process. That never stops. So it's quite a few of employees. Uh, we run all our, uh, a lot of the farm, like I mentioned to you, in Jalapa. And we also process it there. And then in Esteli, and, uh, where we also have a big processing plant. So overall, it's about 1,200 employees during the whole year and 2,000 at peak time of farming. So when 21 years ago, when you had this great vision to grow cigar tobaccos, did you think you would be 10 farms, 1,200-plus uh, employees? No, not at all. Uh, you never know. It's an element of luck, of being at the right place, the right time. And it's also taking the opportunity that is presented to you. So it's a question of these lands were uh, presented and they were just unique. And it was a once in a lifetime opportunity because tobacco can only be grown in certain places. It has to have the infrastructure, the people, the knowledge. Uh, it has to have obviously irrigation or access to water. Uh, quite a few elements. It's, it's not just, you know, take any piece of land and start growing tobacco. And then the flavor. The flavor is unique and it's extremely important. So all these things considered is what, you know, it was offered and I had to take it. There was just no two ways about it. Well, I know you've worked with our mutual friend Jim Colucci of Gurkha Cigars and Sindicato in creating the Particulares, an old Cuban brand. And I believe Particulares was a cigar from Tropical Tobacco, correct? Was that not in that yeah. stable of brands that you purchased? Yeah, and it still is. Uh, we, still is, right. Yes, we let them use it. Uh, we have a long-standing contract with them. Uh, both the Sindicato people, uh, which is a syndicate of uh, owners of uh, brick-and-mortar uh, stores, and Jim, which is a you know, uh, high professional in the business for many, many, many years, we're very good friends, and uh, they chose us to create their top brand, Sindicato, and we created a great cigar for them. Since then, they were in love with the Particulares. Uh, Jeff Borshowitz from Corona, who's one of the syndicate members as well. Good friend, and, right? Uh, exactly. So they uh, asked us if they could use it. We said fine because of the friendship and because it was just uh, in our stable of trademarks that was not being used at the time. Yeah, and it's a great cigar, very Aganorsaleaf-esque, and that has a lot of flavor, but very, very smooth. Construction uh, is outstanding. And I believe you're doing another cigar for Gurkha, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, I think Jim mentioned to me at the uh, Cigar Retailers Convention, which offhand escapes me, but I know that your brands uh, have been extremely well received, not only for other manufacturers or other distributors that you make, yours as well. What can we look for uh, any new brands or any new line offerings uh, maybe between now and the end of the year, or are you pretty much set after the Cigar Retailers Convention? Okay, we came out, like I mentioned to you, with the three new lines, the Maduro Signature, Maduro Night Watchman from the Guardian Series, and the Loquito Series. Uh, now for the fall, uh, we're going to revive the Torch Series, which was an excellent cigar, uh, you know, 
great uh, blend. So in the fall, we're going to come out uh, with a torch series of uh, Lunatic. Uh, but again, again, it's a lot for the one year, and uh, we have to place it in stores and produce it, et cetera. So we're very happy with our new line of products and obviously with our old line as well, which is, it continues to do well. Outstanding. Well, Eduardo, I greatly appreciate you joining us on our Cigar Masters series, and I definitely look forward to visiting you probably around November, right around the growing season and spending uh, some time with you on the farms and uh, at the factory. Okay, great. November is a great time for Nicaragua. It's probably the best time of year weather-wise, and obviously we're already in the field, so it'd be great. Exactly. I know where to find you. Eduardo Fernandez, Aganor Salif, uh, the Casa Fernandez, the Guardian of the Farm, the New Cuba, the JFR. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Terry Riley. We'll talk about the sales end of things, since Terry does many events along with Paul Palmer. We'll talk about some of the brands a little more specifically as our Cigar Masters series continues today, spending time with the folks from Aganor Salif. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar, like I do, in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. Membership in the Cigar Dave Officers Club has its privileges. We send you three cigars every month. Some are mild, some are medium, some are full, various ring gauges. And we have put a special series of cigars together for our July 2019 Officers Club selection. It comes to us from Aganor Salif, a Nicaraguan manufacturer that makes fantastic cigars. First up, you will get an Aganor Salif Habano. Beautiful cigar, Nicaraguan, beautiful Robusto, medium to full flavored, very rich, elegant premium cigar. And we've got two very unique cigars, super size ring gauges from the Lunatic Habano series, the Lunatic Jackhammer, eight inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, and the Lunatic El Chiquito Habano, four and three quarters inches with a massive 70 ring gauge. Big ring gauges for July from Aganor Salif. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Get you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Getting it straight from the horse's mouth. 
more of our Cigar Master Series only on the Cigar Dave Show. Spending this hour talking about Aganorsa Leaf. The July 2019 Officers Club selection featured the Aganorsa Leaf Habano, beautiful mouth-watering Nicaraguan Puro, and two JFR Lunatic Habanos. The Jackhammer 8x60 that I'm smoking today and the Lunatic El Chiquito, a short little flavor bomb at four and three quarters inches in length with a massive 70 inch, or correction, 70 ring gauge, which is about an inch, just over an inch and a quarter in diameter. Massive alpha male cigars all the way. And we're now joined by Terry Riley, who oversees the sales and marketing effort in the United States for Aganorsa Leaf, based down in Miami. Terry, you and I go way, way back in the cigar industry. And uh, just about a year ago or so, you landed with Aganorsa Leaf. Yes, sir. Yes, I've uh, been here just about a year and a half now. And you presided over kind of a re-imaging uh, of the brands, if you will, changing the name to Aganorsa Leaf and really kind of creating that uh, Aganorsa Leaf image. Yeah, we wanted to focus on what makes us special as a company, and that's the tobacco that we grow. And it just made sense to change the name. Uh, Casa Fernandez, obviously, is still a brand that we we make and have, uh, but there was some confusion with AJ Fernandez, and it just didn't really highlight what is different about us, which is the tobacco we grow. Well, speaking of the tobacco you grow, Eduardo was very proud that it took him 20 years, but the shade-grown Maduro has turned out fantastic. And we were at the Premium Cigar Association convention. You handed me a guardian of the farm, I believe, Nightwatch, and you said, try yes, this. It's our new Maduro. Very, very smooth. A lot of flavor. Touch of sweetness. Beautiful stick. Let's talk about the cigars that the new Maduro wrapper is now available on. So we have three expressions of the new Maduro wrapper. And again, we're really excited about this because it highlights the unique flavor that we have. There's lots of great tobacco out there. There's lots of great cigars, but nothing tastes like Aganorsa leaf. And these three expressions really give you a, a taste for that. So you, the first is you have our Aganorsa leaf signature Maduro. The Aganorsa leaf signature was a brand that came out last year and contains a rare Medio Tiempo that we utilize. Medio Tiempo, to give you an idea, to the fourteen or 15,000 bales we harvest a year, only 50 to 80 are Medio Tiempo. And this year, uh, we use that, uh, a, a variation of that blend using our shade-grown Maduro wrapper. So that is something we're really excited about, kind of an ultra-premium line. It comes out only a couple times a year in allotments. Um, we also have our Lunatic Locos, which are uh, corpulent perfectos that go from uh, 60, 70 to 80 ring gauge uh, and in length from four and three quarters to five and a half. So they're these nice big fat perfectos um, that utilize the shade grown Maduro as well. And then as you smoked, the Guardian of the Farm Night Watch. Guardian of the Farm is a brand that originally was uh, a collaboration between ourselves and Warp Cigars, uh, which was a top uh, 10 finisher and cigar aficionados, uh, top 25 list. And then this uh, rendition we did on our own. Uh, with with the shade grown Maduro wrapper, so again a, a brand that's everyone's always been really passionate about. So we had to do something uh, to meet those high expectations, and, and we're really excited about the Night Watch. All right, and then when we look at uh, talk about the Lunatic Locos a little bit, because the Lunatic, as we know, big ring gauges, great taste, but talk about the Locos. Yeah, so as we know, you know, the Lunatic line has a lot of 
of uh, larger engages to begin with. So there's the 80 that we have, there's the eight by 60 and the officer's club, there's the four and three quarters by 70. So it's kind of known for its big ring gauges. Uh, and so going along with that theme, we created the locos, which are all perfecto shaped. You know, we didn't have any perfectos in the line and we certainly didn't have any at that you know, big uh, ring gauge size. And, they, and to be honest with you, it's kind of a lacking uh, size from, from the market. There's not really anything else out there that gets in the 70 and 80 and perfecto size. So it's something different and uh, goes along with the theme of the, uh, of the, loco, of the Lunatic series. And, and uh, we're really excited about it. All right, so let's. What is the number one selling li- uh, brand or not brand, but line within the Agonorsa Leaf portfolio? Would I be correct to say the JFR Lunatics are probably up there? Yeah, the JFR slash JFR Lunatics series is our bigger. Those are our bread and butter. The the the, the price points on them are incredible. The quality is excellent. I mean, uh, just to give you an idea, that the the Lunatic Short Robusto uh, was not only the top. Uh, rated value of the year in cigar aficionado this past year. It was also uh, the number number seven cigar of the year. And this is a cigar that retails for just around six dollars. So uh, between the value and the quality, uh, the the GFR and the Lunatic line is a really tough to beat. Yeah, and the jackhammer that I'm smoking now, this eight by sixty beast of a cigar. I may need to yes, do sir. another two hours to finish this, Terry. But I think this is what <laughs> about an eight nine dollars suggested retail for this massive stick. Yeah, yeah, uh, under ten, under ten dollars. So uh, that's that's uh, just shows you. I mean, you can go out and play eighteen holes and still have a little bit left for the nineteenth hole. So that's uh, I think that's a that's something that's really appealing to a lot of consumers out there. I think Terry, you could probably do twenty seven holes and you'd have plenty of cigar <laughs> left with this thing because this this is play. a massive cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely different, but it's interesting because you know we always think, oh, how big our can ring gauges get? And you've got a seventy that's out there, and yet people are still smoking it there, and it's a very popular size. People like it. It's not just a novelty. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think for a lot of people too is is that uh, you know if, if you smoke a couple cigars a day, that's harder in cash times three sixty five. I mean, you know that can get you in trouble with your with your uh, significant other or whoever. So a lot of times a guy says, "Well, I could smoke this for two three hours, and it really enjoy it. The flavor's great on it. It's delicious." And instead of smoking three cigars, save myself a little bit of money and and uh, you know still have a great experience enjoying the flavors. So I think that really is what the the mindset is. Terry. As the global alpha male in chief, alpha males never ask their significant other, their, their dame, their harem, whether or not they can go buy cigars. That does not work. They just go out and enjoy it. That's rule yeah. number one, Terry. <laughs> well, uh, let's I, talk I think about, that in the ideal world, that's how it works. I think uh, sometimes in reality, you know, the, you you, uh, you encounter you know various obstacles with that. But but uh, yeah, I you know I think that. Uh, I think regardless, it's certainly a cigar that, that people seem to like the ability to smoke for a long period of time and uh, you know enjoy. All right, so I want to make recommendations for our alphas, our connoisseurs. Something on the mild, the medium, and full-bodied uh, flavor profiles from Aganor Salif. Go ahead and give those recommendations. Sure. So for if you're looking for something that's really flavorful but not going to overwhelm you, our Aganor Salif uh, Connecticut shade. This is uh, not your grandfather's Connecticut. It's really flavorful, uh, but it's still not going to knock you over. So if you want something that you can enjoy uh, basically any time of the day um, or you don't 
smoke cigars often, you want to kind of raise up your level of uh, intensity of flavor. That's a perfect one. In terms of uh, medium bodied, you could pick a lot of stuff in our lines. That's kind of our bread and butter is that medium bodied, full flavored. Uh, definitely the original Guardian the Farm is a great option there. Just r- really flavorful cigar, rich. Um, it's got a lot of complexity and, uh, it's something that's, that I think almost everybody, uh, can appreciate. And then if you want to go more full, our, our Aganorsa leaf Maduro, it's rolled in Miami. Uh, it's got a nice San Andres wrapper with all, uh, Aganorsa leaf, uh, Nicaraguan, uh, binder and filler, just a rich, flavorful, uh, intense cigar. Well, Terry, we appreciate you joining us on the Cigar Master Series talking about the Aganorsa Leaf uh, lineup. And I'll tell you, the Aganorsa Leaf sampler for our July Officers Club, off the charts. And I'm going to come down and see you in Miami in the next month or so, and I want to see the uh, factory down in Miami and smoke a few with you. I, I look forward to it. Anytime, sir. All right, that is Terry Riley of Aganorsa Leaf. We had Eduardo Fernandez for our Cigar Masters Series this hour. Cigar Day of the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the socialists. Screw the enemies of pleasure. I'm going to continue enjoying this whopping huge lunatic jackhammer.